Hello, and welcome back to the Marketing Slice by Hurry, the show where the team at Hurry give you all the latest marketing insights, hints, and tips that aim to help you improve your results right now. I'm Ashley, and in this episode, we will be discussing vanity metrics and the ones you should avoid using in your marketing reports. So let's get stuck right in. Hitting publish on a blog post or sending a large email campaign can be daunting for any marketer, but there's no better feeling when you see positive results after putting in considerable time and effort. Whether it's increased revenue, engagement, conversions or MQLs, there is certainly no shortage of data available to measure throughout your campaign. That being said though, the problem many marketers face is that it can be tempting to measure data that doesn't actually give any real insight into the overall performance of the campaign. Many of the analytics tools available to marketers will have dashboards with graphs, metrics and reports. But just because it's on the dashboard doesn't necessarily mean it will be the data you need. Goals and objectives will differ between campaigns, so you might need to be selective and drill down a little further into the data to obtain what actually matters, the figures that will provide actionable insights and give a more rounded picture of campaign performance. While it's still useful to know how many people have read your blog, liked your Facebook post, or opened your email, do these metrics actually tell you enough about your campaign's performance, or are they simply vanity metrics? Vanity metrics are the KPIs or metrics that look good at a glance, but they don't provide much of an impact on your future marketing decisions or help to shape your strategy. A vanity metric initially seems impressive, but can be misleading as it lacks the context needed to actually measure performance and provides little insight into how your activities influence your overall business goals. Often vanity metrics reflect the effort of a team or department and highlight that those efforts are making a difference, but it's difficult to actually see what the difference is and will often have virtually no impact on the success of the business as a whole. It's important to be able to identify vanity metrics so that you don't waste time tracking values that are meaningless. It can be easy to focus on vanity metrics because they are usually easier to obtain and measure and make you feel like your hard work is paying off. Vanity metrics will differ between companies and industries and will change depending on your goals and objectives. To ensure you are measuring the data that is most relevant, it's important to make sure your overall marketing goals and KPIs are smart. Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant and time-bound. Using the SMART technique is a good way to ensure the data you measure is actually important, but it's not always a guarantee that vanity metrics won't slip their way back into your marketing reports. When deciding what metrics to measure, ask yourself the following question. Will the metric lead to a decision or a course of action? If the answer to this question is no or I'm not sure, then it's probably not useful to spend time tracking. If a metric doesn't inform decisions, then what's the point in tracking it? That being said, however, if the values you are considering answer the question with a no, that doesn't necessarily mean they should be disregarded altogether. It just means that they shouldn't be reported alone and others should be taken into account to provide more context for a more thorough understanding. Let's say you've created a landing page to encourage downloads of your new ebook. While it's encouraging to see a lot of page views, This data doesn't provide enough information to make any future decisions or take action. It would be more useful to look at where the views are coming from, allowing you to make decisions on your promotion strategy for the ebook. If you see no traffic is coming from your social media channels, then you might update your strategy to include more promotion on social media 
either by paid ads or by posting more frequently. The second question you should ask yourself when trying to determine the vanity metrics is can the results of this metric be easily reproduced in future? Using the example from earlier, say you notice your landing page has had a huge increase in views. While this could be down to the SEO efforts of your marketing team, it could also be because you got lucky and your page was shared by someone with a large following. While this is good news for that landing page, it doesn't necessarily mean that the next landing page you create will receive the same success in terms of the large volume of traffic. If you have little control over the metrics you're measuring, or if the results cannot be easily repeated without relying on luck, then it's difficult to depend on those metrics to improve your future results. Unlike a vanity metric, a quality, actionable metric will provide tried and tested methods that can be replicated in the future. The final question to ask yourself is, is the metric accurate and does it tell the full story? It's important to consider whether or not your metric is consistent and reliable, or if there are other factors outside of your control. Let's say you assess the traffic to your website on a month-by-month -month basis and notice that after a few successful months, your traffic drops significantly from October onwards. While this may indicate that your marketing efforts are no longer performing well, it can be as simple as seasonality that has affected your traffic. Your product or service may be more popular in the summer months, for example, swimwear, outdoor fitness classes, or garden furniture, so it's natural that page visits slow down in the winter. In this case, it would be better to compare year-on-year -year results so that you can get a more accurate view of how you've performed against the previous same period. So let's dive into a few examples of vanity metrics that you might come across. First up, we have the number of newsletter subscribers. Obviously, it's a good sign when you see your number is increasing, but bigger doesn't always mean better. Having a large number of subscribers doesn't necessarily mean they have any intention of buying from your company. Instead of solely focusing on the number of subscribers, measure the number of quality leads generated from your email list. Depending on your business type, you might need to nurture your subscribers with well-planned workflows to educate and provide value with an end goal of that subscriber converting to a customer. Ensure there are clear CTAs within each email and the frequency of the emails is right. Too many and you may pester your subscribers, too little and you might risk losing their interest altogether. Another metric to keep in mind here, and one that inspires action, is looking at where the subscribers have actually come from. Keep track of the most popular pages and channels that convert, and the ones that aren't doing as well. You can then use this information to update the less successful pages to try to increase conversion. Number two on our list is social media followers. Marketers often like to celebrate when they hit a certain number of followers. While having a large following is a great achievement, it doesn't necessarily mean that those following from you are willing to buy from you. This can be a deceiving figure and doesn't reflect the quality or value of your social presence. Think about the number of competitions you see on Instagram or Facebook asking you to follow a page to be in with the chance of winning. The winning prize is often unrelated to the brand itself, so chances are the people that have entered the contest and followed the page don't have any intention of buying from the company. A better alternative to track is engagement. Rather than just tracking the follower count, engagement rate considers the total number of likes, comments, shares and general interactions that your post receives 
and highlights what content resonates best with your following. Having a large number of followers is pointless if they aren't interacting with your content. Keep quality over quantity in mind here. Generally, it is better to have 1,000 followers who actively engage with your content than having 1 million followers that never like, comment, or share your content. Another vanity metric that is often found in marketing reports is the blog post page views. This is a type of metric that will only ever increase over time. While it's still good to have a growing number of page views, the number doesn't mean much by itself. Yes, you might have a lot of visitors to your blog post, but can this number really give you any actionable insights that you can improve on? Instead, consider the behavior and the quality of visitors on your blog page, such as conversion rate, bounce rate, and time spent on each page. Are your readers following your call to actions by signing up to your newsletter, downloading an ebook, or buying a product? By looking at the behavior of users on your pages, you can see what works well and what doesn't, and use that information to shape your future blogging strategy. Another vanity metric to keep in mind is your email open rate. Open rates do have their own merits, but it isn't one to spend a lot of time on. While it does highlight the effectiveness of your subject lines and your timing, in isolation it isn't enough to report on to really highlight the effectiveness of your campaigns. Just like page views to your blog post and followers on your social media pages, having a high open rate doesn't mean there is any intention of buying from you. With recent updates to email clients, open rates are now much less accurate. Instead, take a look at the click-through rate of your email campaigns. Having a high click-through rate highlights that your followers are interested in the content you're promoting within each email, whereas a low click-through rate indicates that you're targeting the wrong audience or that your CTA is not compelling enough to click. Last on our list is the total number of customers. Similar to page views, the number of customers is a value that cannot decrease, so in theory it is always improving. Customers may purchase from you less and less or stop purchasing altogether, but the total number will never go down. A better alternative is to measure the average order value and the number of repeat customers. This will give you a better understanding of your customer behavior and how well your upsell and cross-sell strategies are working. It might also be useful to measure the number of active users you have. If you typically see that your customers buy from you once every three months, then you can use this as a benchmark to determine that those who have purchased from you at least once in a three month period can be classed as an active customer. Obviously, as time goes on, you want this figure to increase, highlighting that your customers are becoming more loyal and are receiving value from your product or service. It's easy to get caught up measuring vanity metrics because they are often the easiest to calculate, but really they don't provide enough value to warrant reporting on. While the metrics we've discussed have their drawbacks, there is nothing wrong with keeping an eye on them. You can still take pride and use them as motivators for the team, but they should not be reported in isolation without any other values or data to provide context and help with decision making. If a metric doesn't have any actionable outcome when it changes, then it's likely to be a vanity metric and not worth spending too much time on. Make sure that the metrics you focus on give real insight on how your marketing efforts are performing and how the business can move forward. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then you can subscribe for free anywhere you get your podcasts. 
Feel free to share with a friend if you think they might enjoy it. And don't forget, you can find other resources like guides, videos, blogs, and infographics over on our website at www.hurry.co. Thanks for listening and we hope you'll join us again soon.